0: your girl and boy ct i'm cindy barnes and
1: i'm travis barnes
0: and we are the founders of the overcomers podcast
1: sponsored by journey 333 that is a place of mind body spirit that helps you with fitness coaching and nutrition to look better live better and feel better we produce these episodes every week for your enjoyment to help people to overcome adversity and live their dreams today i am just so excited and this guy is a legend A legend there's not many living legends but in my mind we have a living legend on this podcast today and you guys might know him from training for warriors you might know him as an international presenter you know there's a lot of different ways you could know martin he's been a consultant to many fortune 500 companies part of the u.s bobsled team but you know we were talking about this just before just before we started recording and Not many times does Martin have an identity crisis, but he's been having a little bit of an identity crisis because it's time to realize what an amazing author he is. Yeah, we give Martin's books at our franchise training. We give out Coaching, uh, Coach to Coach, uh, Coaching for Greatness. That's one of his courses, so we definitely have our franchisees do that. But Martin, welcome to the show. Thanks for being on. I can't wait to tell the world about this just – you in general. So thank you for being here. Well, Cindy and Travis,
2: you know, I'm always excited to be here. And thanks for setting the bar so low for the show <laughs> right off the bat. But uh, <laughs> but we were just talking and for everybody listening. Yeah, there's a lot of ways that I guess people have heard of me. But even when I would introduce myself, I never did that and said, hey, I'm a writer or I'm an author. But obviously today, I know we're going to talk about a lot of the lessons that we've all probably learned over the last year and a half of this pandemic and this challenge in particular for the fitness industry, but also in particular for people's identities of who they are and and what do they want to do with their lives. And one of the things that I did, which you'll hear about today is I really deep dove, even though I've been writing for 20 years, and this is my 12th book, I finally decided to say, and give myself permission that I am not only an author, but I'm gonna to try to pursue it to the best of my ability. And uh, that's what I did with my latest book. But uh, but yeah, so I guess that's the first time I'm ever introducing myself as a writer or an author. So uh, well, <laughs> for anybody listening, you're hearing it hot off the press.
1: Well, <laughs> amen to that. And you know, it should have happened sooner. Uh, I can't wait to get into everything, you know, cause Martin's on a mission to fill the world with just better coaches. And he has done that for our team time and time again at different places like a Perform Better Conference or all of our team has been required to go for Training for Warriors certifications. But you got a new book coming out and I can't wait for our team to read it. And so I'm glad that we're just kind of kicking off this episode talking about it. It's gonna be called uh, High 10, is that right?
2: Yeah, so here's, it's pretty neat. It comes out in three weeks, but this is the cover design, which if you notice, it's a sequel to coach to coach, so you see how they kind of play off each other in almost reverse colors, if you will, and uh, it's a continuation of this story. Unfortunately, Coach to Coach came out two days after we went into quarantine, which, as you probably can imagine, isn't the best time. You know, if if there was a time to try to have your book come out, that isn't it. But it did so great that I got the opportunity for the sequel, and where Coach to Coach is about coaching. I don't think any book could be more timely than High 10, where this one is about coaching for culture. It's about how to build a team, how to connect Mm -hmm. and engage your people, and not just in either business or sport, but also in your family as well, because that's where culture starts. And uh, I couldn't be more excited about it, but I also know, man, the world needs it more than ever.
1: Oh, that's perfect. You know, I've always admired you not only as a coach and as a leader, but as a family man. So I'm glad that there's those aspects that people can gather from it, too, because I just love learning about you and your family. And it's obvious, uh, you know, I've seen your daughter show up for different events and, uh, you know, you can just see, uh, obviously, what you've imparted into her. So let's talk a little bit about coaching since we since we have all of our coaches go to your events and go to your uh, speeches and everything else um martin you're on this mission to fill the world with better coaches
2: yeah well maybe we
1: should start with why
2: yeah well you know? it's pretty interesting you say that travis because even that still in my career and you know i'm over 25 years in the industry which i know for everybody if you're watching this live is is hard to believe you know you know <laughs> how could i be in this 25 years when did i start at 26 right, right, right. <laughs> but uh but yeah when I started, Hey, I considered myself still an athlete, but maybe a trainer. I was so interested in fitness, but each year that progressed, I started to realize that all the information I had, I would never be able to get it across or get anybody to actually take action on it until I was a better coach. And that led me to just really go deep into what does coaching mean? I realized I had I had three different degrees, but never one class on coaching. I I didn't have a lot of books on coaching. I couldn't find a lot of books on coaching. And that's led to studying with top coaches all over, doing the research, then writing the books, creating the courses. And then I really realized, man, the world needs better coaches. And hey, and I'm sure everybody can agree over the period of the pandemic, man, we were coach light you know, on um, what we really yeah, needed, yeah. you know, from a global standpoint, from a community standpoint. And I just really believe that if people understood what the role means and that everyone in some way is a coach to someone else, the world's gonna be a better place. And, and that really, that became my mission versus just making a kid faster to go to college or, or another fighter win another championship belt. I saw just so much of a bigger mission because if I can make coaches better everywhere, all those other things would happen. So yeah, that's that's the current one right now and what drives me every day. And and uh, and I'll tell you what, it's been very rewarding, not just about how you had just said people going through it and you putting your people through it, but every day I receive emails from around the world of somebody that's been impacted by the message and then used it to help somebody else. And uh that you start thinking a whole lot less about legitimacy and you start thinking a whole lot more about legacy. And that's where I've been spending my time, especially after what has happened to us over the last year and a half.
1: That's so funny that you went to legacy because that was the word that I was thinking in my mind. I was like, so what is that legacy that Martin Rooney creates? You know, there's, there's this world of coaching now and then there's this world of coaching where the world is different because you were here. Yeah. And I guess that's what I really, uh, I want our listeners to know how the world is different because of the way that you've impacted coaching.
2: Well, I don't know if I can say how it's exactly different, but I can say, I want everybody to understand the process. Cause remember as a coach, it isn't about me. I want it to be about the listener. And here's the best way I can explain it. Every day you're, you're throwing a rock, if you will, into a pond, and it's creating a ripple. And whether that is a positive ripple or a negative ripple, it's going out there whether you like it or not. So it's either a function of your actions or your words, something you uh, you know did or someone you affected. And you may never know how far that ripple goes. And for instance, uh, every day I also receive emails from people that are using Training for Warriors somewhere in the world, and they'll say, I've either lost all this weight or I'm off medication now, or uh, I'm a better parent, or I got a new job because I was inspired. And do you see how that's one degree of separation of the ripple, but now what about their family or the people that they work with or the people mm-hmm. that they have uh, impacted and the ripple just continues to go further and further and further. So I can't say exactly where it goes, but I know if I'm putting a, throwing a positive rock out there, something great is going to could happen for generations from now and and understanding that has made me very cognizant of my actions and my words to always be very positive and make sure you're saying the right thing taking the right actions cuz you you can't even understand how far it'll go or what it'll affect but so maybe that's a you know hopefully that helps people cuz what is that that's your legacy right it's not just your children or their children's children everybody you affect that there might be something that happened because of that that you'll never know about but it could either be positive or negative
1: yeah that that's so good you know we've always had our people go to your presentations and go to your courses and read your books because what i consider you to be doing is transferring heart right it's funny i almost introduced you today and you'll appreciate this being a fellow rocky fan but uh (laughs) Paulie and Rocky are walking out in rocky four and he's yeah. about to fight this and he goes, giant. You're all heart rock. <laughs> and he's like you know rock I'm not too good with words but I just want to say that if I could unzip myself and step out and be anybody it'd be you right and he's like you're all heart rocking and, yep. and honestly you know Martin you've when I go to different presentations I'm all about it you know teach me all the physiology and things that you can teach me and you know function dysfunction whatever. But what you've done uh, through your books and your courses and your presentations and everything, your articles, everything, is you've transferred a whole lot of heart. I I don't even know if I've ever told you this, but we have a credo card. And on the back of our credo card are many statements that I heard from you. Uh, It's like, I act as if I'm the best part of someone's day. I care more about people than they care about themselves. I get more excited about them than they get about themselves. And, And it just resonated with my spirit so much. I'm like, yes, this is what I want people to read and go do, you know? And, and I just think that, I thank you actually right now. Thank you for making our people better and our company better because those coaches are changing more lives because of the philosophies that you're imparting. So, so thank I, you. Well, hey, I, not only do I appreciate
2: that, but that is the personification of what I just said with the part about the throw and the ripple. So you put it out there, look, you took it and ran with it, but if, whether I knew about it or not, somebody is going to be more positively affected if you're sending the right messages out there. And it's kind of interesting you say that where what I just gave a speech in, uh, to all the collegiate strength coaches in, uh, of college, you know, in Houston. And what I said was for so long, I always thought to be a success in this industry, you had to be smart, you know, like, Oh, I got to read more books. I got to have more knowledge than somebody else. But what I realized was, that's compulsory. You need to, you need to understand nutrition. You need to understand training and, and there really aren't any secrets, but if you have the smart and you have the heart, that's the great combination of a coach. So what I'm saying is I'm not saying smart's not important and I'm not saying heart's not important. I'm saying you have to have both. And, uh, and it's funny that you just use that word because that's exactly what I have added to my smart over the, I would say probably the last 10 or 15 years where I didn't have it either. I was, I was all business, all technique, let's just get it done. And my results weren't as good as when I really added a lot more heart and coaching to my training. And uh, and so maybe a big line, and I use this a lot for everybody listening, coaching and, and training are not the same thing. See, mm-hmm. I think people think it's the same thing. That- right wow, I'm a coach, I'm a trainer, that's synonymous, or I know training, so that makes me a coach. No, uh, they are two different things. So you can go get a lot of degrees in training and not know one thing about communicating with a person, and or you could really be great at communicating with people and then not know about training. So what am I saying is you got to have both if you want to be a pretty well-rounded coach, especially today in the fitness industry.
1: Yes this is one of your quotes as well I believe and you say that a, a trainer lights a fire under you but a coach lights a fire inside of you right that's one that yeah, I've heard yeah, I think yeah. time and again in your presentations right that's the idea heart to heart right Yeah yeah
2: and you know and that's I think it's like one of the first lines in the book right. and it's yeah these were ones that always stuck out for me sometimes the most was yeah I'm not I'll say this if you make relationship with the people you work with you're never going to have to yell at them. You're never going to have to curse at them. You're never going to have to chase them down because you're inspiring them. So what I always say is I want to inspire somebody. So they do what I want them to do. So they don't, so they feel like they're not letting me down, you know, and that comes to a relationship. And it's funny too. Like today I was sitting with my dad and I wrote this piece about relationships and I realized You can't have a culture if you don't have relationships, right? So you say, hey, what's the culture of my business? Or what's the culture? Well, you got to have relationships. You got to have people. And most people never take care of those things. And then they wonder why their culture's not good. So it's kind of, you know, it's it's funny. You see how all these things are coming. You know, they're cyclical and they all connect. And uh, I'm gaining more and more clarity on it, especially after the last year and a half when all of that was taken away from us. Right. Um, Which was so
0: Martin, speaking of culture, super important to you. You have over 200 training for warrior facilities in 20 different countries. Culture. How do you make sure that they have your culture? Like, how do you instill that, train that, check on it, make sure that they are? part of your culture and that it is really happening in all 200 of those, oh. or over 200 locations. Yeah.
1: great question. Yeah, uh, well,
2: the, the simple answer would be, hey, I read this book and you can have all the answers. will <laughs>
1: uh, read
2: yeah, it, we
0: will read
2: it. Which we'll talk, we'll, we'll talk about a special hopefully at the end too, because I have a big special thing, don't let me forget. But, uh, okay. so how I would answer that Cindy, and, and I wish there was a really quick and super easy answer. But what I would say is, number one, hey, 20 years I have experience. Because remember, first, where I was so lucky to be involved with the Parisi Speed School, where we had a, over 100 locations of that, I'll, I would be uh, making a mistake not to call, shout out Bill Parisi and everything that I learned about and, and the platform that he created for me to learn and how to, how, to, how to create a culture. And so I really cut my teeth there. And not only within the systems and the strategies and the staffing, but really understanding how to put it all together. But what I would say is central to culture, I just mentioned it: are your relationships, right? And and the people that you have. So if I were to say the first part, you gotta select really good people. So the first step, like, hey, so for instance, for you guys, if you just let anybody have something and they're not a good person, and you already know that, but you just want them running your program, you're already running, you're gonna run into big problems with culture. The next part is, if it's the right person, do they also share the same values? Look at the mission that I talked about today. So if someone's not interested in coaching and creating a legacy of coaching and positivity, then man, I don't want to be involved with them and and they shouldn't really be involved with my company. And then from that point, then there becomes the long-term development of whether it's your stories, whether it's the rituals you create. And, and, and again, all of this is outlined in the book, which is really neat, but there is a roadmap that now after 20 years of doing it, I realize there is a roadmap. So culture is not by accident. This is another big new Rooneyism, you ready? Culture is not by accident, it's by design. <laughs> and listen to this yeah, one, this one's big. And it's a big, uh, it's like the first line of the book. It's, and if you don't design your culture, somebody else will like, so you have a culture, whether you thought about it or not, you have a culture whether you ever ever decided to design one or not. And if you're gonna let either disgruntled people or negative people build your culture, which is what a lot of businesses and teams do, man, you're in big, big trouble. And what's really missing leadership, right? So, so what I would say is, again, it's select the right people, man, everybody's gotta be on board with whatever your mission or your values are. And then from there, it's the constant development and communication and training of those people. But all, and again, like I said today, and really maintaining and nurturing those relationships, because that might be my biggest lesson from the pandemic, man, when people go radio silent or, or the relationships aren't as good, people get in their own heads and, and, they uh-huh. go do other things or they become other people. And, uh, that's why so much of my time during the pandemic was communicating with the most important people in the world to me. And that was my people. And what I was telling them was the most important people to you are your clients or your members, like, cause if you everybody just realized, right? Like this, maybe the biggest wake up call for anybody in the fitness industry is that your members, clients, whatever you want to call them, they're not a hassle they were your lifeline. Like, you know, if they went all, all went away, you have nothing. And I think everybody got a hard dose of that. And if you didn't have a good culture going in, you probably didn't survive. But if you did have a good culture going in, you made it. And that's probably what I'm most proud of, but also where I feel the most qualified to share what building a great culture is about, because man, my guys, they made it through and, and, And I mean, and you know, like it was in states like California where they just never opened. It was all these countries in Europe that just didn't open, but all their students stayed by with them during it just to make sure that it would still exist when this was over. And that, man, that was some of the most powerful uh, indicators that we had the culture stuff right. So, you know, so so
1: good, so good. You know, it seems like, you know, when you talk about the selection process and when you talk about transferring culture, what would you use as another word for culture? I almost th- I'm almost thinking heart, you know, because, uh, you know, all your talks and your writings and everything is so heart centered. But when you talk about once I choose the right people that are maybe aligned with your core values, with your belief system, you know, with your heart, then I I keep on trying to teach them the rit- the rituals to, to express heart of our company i mean would you use another word to describe culture is that what we are saying
2: i think you described it really well that you just said hey that's the heart of it but culture is encompassing you know when you really look at the terminology of almost all of it you know there so there is it's it's a much bigger thing where what you're describing is maybe the uh the feel or the attitude within that Mm -hmm. culture and hey And guys, I don't want to sugarcoat it as if like, oh, it's easy. It is a, uh, I also talk a lot about that. it, It requires constant nurturing. So your business, for everyone listening, your business is an organism and that organism needs constant attention, like a newborn baby. And if you turn your back on it, man, and that's why you watch so many businesses go away or even in your lifetime, if you think of your hometowns and just how many businesses have opened and closed and opened and closed that what they were usually probably missing was this great culture that allowed them to have longevity. So I would say, man, and, and again, when you read the book, it's going to be crystal clear and it's 300 pages. Like, so this book is, you know, meaning, but it's an easy read. It's an easy to read story, but that's how much it took me to get this thing across. But, and that's what's so funny is most people, when they say, yeah, what is culture? I kind of get it. Is it a feeling? Is it an environment? Is it, this or that and man and when people don't have clarity on it then it's very hard to create just like remember from coach to coach when I would ask people what coaching means they didn't really know and if you don't really know then you can't really do it so that you know that's my style to create something that people have this working definition and then they can go carry it out but without a doubt you could say like culture you know uh yeah like heart is within that there's a heart that beats your culture, but the culture itself is something that whether it's the leaders, the entire team who you have, they've got to eventually not only dis- define and decide what that is and then design it, but then, yeah, it requires constant carrying out and a uh, constant review to make sure people are staying with it. And that's what I meant by the sugarcoating part guys. And it people are, it goes bad all the time. And as a leader, You have to stand for your culture more than anything else. And, and I really learned to have no fear that, you know, this shield right here means more to me than anything. This is, this is my most important thing. And if anybody's going to, whether do something to disrespect or harm the culture, then I'm all over it. Right. And I think a lot of leaders don't do that either. A lot of leaders sit back or let things deteriorate. And, uh, that's not leadership. That's, uh, that's called, uh, what would you call, uh, uh, like not abstinence, but uh
1: you know like uh oh, what they, there's a term yeah. about managing by uh, absence or something like
2: that yeah no or neglect, yeah, so people right. would be neglect, like yeah, management by neglect is gonna kill your culture and kill your business and uh and hey and and that's why, just like anything else, most people call themselves entrepreneurs, and most people call themselves leaders, and they're usually neither. And that's okay. But if you're going to call yourself either one of those things, then you have to do the things required to earn those titles. And, uh, and I have no fear telling my people that because I know if the leader doesn't do it, then man, trouble is following closely behind.
1: Well, you know, you're a no fear type of guy, in my (laughs) opinion, uh, you know, the warrior within, uh, you know, trainer to the Gracie family. Uh, I, I love the book, uh, you know, training for warriors, uh, just, Uh, everything that you've done, you know, you're a judo black belt. I mean, you've gotten in the, you know, octagon or, and the people, you know,
2: and Hey, and everybody hearing that, and I hear where you're going, but I'll say this and I'm not, and I'm not gonna, this will be vulnerability here this last year and a half. I was never more scared in my whole life. Mm -hmm. I, you know, not only was I, you know, you had this fear for your health or your children's health. You know, I have four daughters. I was, you know, school was closed. I didn't know where things were going. Uh, but in particular, it took me 20 years to build my business. And it was, it was, it like was threatened to just go away. And a lot of what I did was speaking and presenting around the world. And that went to zero, man. So, (laughs) you know, so I'm, Hey, I wish I could say I'm fearless or, but here's what I would say. Courage doesn't mean the absence of fear. To me, it means you still take action even when fear exists. So I was, Courageous during this, but I'm not gonna say I wasn't scared. And uh, and man, I was. And and I can remember, man. There was I don't think any I don't I don't think being scared during the last year and a half makes you weak. I think it makes you human. And I yes. think some everybody at some point, I don't care who you are, you unless I guess you know own Amazon. That he probably feels pretty good. But you know, <laughs> but anybody else was uh probably probably pretty scared during this. And I'm not ashamed to. Say it because man, it, it forced me to become more and it showed me what I'm made of. But uh but man, I don't want to go through that again. No way.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly what you were just saying. I mean, when when the pandemic happened, we we worked harder than ever when that happened. Yeah. Because we do have a lot of teammates and we're franchised and so we had people that one guy had only opened his franchise one month prior to the pandemic yeah. and he was freaking out right and so we were getting calls and 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 having hosting all these meetings trying to keep it together you yeah. know keep everybody together and organized and and we had to try to lead from the top um, telling them it's going to be okay. We got this. We can, you know, not knowing what was going to happen. Are we shut down for two weeks? Is it going to be yeah. two months? I mean,
1: yeah. literally
0: on. New York just opened back up yeah. and we have three places in New York. So it, it was every day was a new adventure, but can you tell us some of your biggest things that you've learned or had to overcome or obstacles through this last year and a half?
2: Yeah, sure. Well, hey, number one, I appreciate not only are you sharing that, but I think everybody has to understand that, that sometimes they might think, Oh, look at Martin and Cynthia Travis, they're doing so great. And it's so easy. And, uh, and I will agree hundred percent. I have, I have done way more over the last year and a half and, and received way less. Now it doesn't mean that like, Hey, I do things to gain, but it was, I was in preservation and survival mode right. for a long, long time. And, uh, and yeah. And we're still not out of it. You know right. what I mean? Like, so, you know, we're not there yet, but, uh, but definitely there have been so many lessons and, and maybe the, and, and not only that, but silver linings, I call it too. So here's one that hopefully everybody can appreciate. Like I mentioned, half a like what I used to generate as my salary to feed my family was presenting every month and speaking that went to zero, right? Like, right. yeah, did I do a ton of zooms, but people weren't paying for zooms and I wasn't going to charge them for that either. So I did more than ever, but wasn't getting anything, but here's what I did get. I used to be on the road 150 days a year, like minimum, you know, hundred and something flights, you know, a hundred thousand miles. And, uh, I had dinner every night with my kids for like a year straight. And, uh, and I'll tell you what, I so enjoyed it and it was so valuable and the conversations that we had and, and what we did and the just time we spent together. And really, I got, to, I got to be the dad I should have been during this because they were scared. And I had to leave, you know, hey, I keep talking about my company. I'll say this. And so everybody listens. Most important thing for your company is your family. See, if, if, if my company did great, but my family failed, I failed. Right. And uh, man, I deep dove into my children's lives and my wife and I just, you know, we did everything we could do and that's probably the piece I'm most proud of it I got this right here so my daughter her dream was to go to Notre Dame and in a month and a half we're leaving for Notre Dame so she's Woo! gonna be she's going to Notre Dame and I'll tell you wow. what we were so scared that it either wasn't gonna happen or is even college gonna happen is high school gonna happen again and right. and but if but my ability to be there for them all the time helped with that And that's what I should have been doing. So here's the bigger message. What did it teach? Your relationships are the most important thing you have. And I I think I said that earlier, but I was saying it from a client or member standpoint, but no, your relationships with your family and your friends, they never became more important than this last year and a half that I had people to talk to and my family to be around. And that shows me that, and I'm not gonna forget it when the world opens back up and we can go do things again. So if I were to say, what was the biggest lesson? It was that, that man, without your relationships, you have nothing, right? Like, so you don't have a business and you don't have a family. And if you don't have those two things, then, you know, again, unless you really like being isolated, you know, you're really introverted, you, uh, that is not valuable. And I would say that was probably my biggest my biggest takeaway from this. And I wouldn't have traded it. Like it forced me, it was almost like a sabbatical. Like I was on a 20 year run and it was only accelerating crazier, more trips, more speaking, more travel. And, uh, to really take a year and a half and just sit back off of that. Like, Hey, I'm going to be honest. I'm starting to speak again and going and doing it, but I'm never going to do it. Like I did it. Cause I want to be around more for my family. And, uh, and I don't know, I, I got to, if, if there's just less things I do, that's okay, because I'm not going to miss out. I, I realize now the stuff I missed out on, right? And I think this gave us an opportunity to reconnect. And I hope if people, I hope people didn't just go sit in corners of their house and get on their phones, but they did reconnect that. And if you didn't start, but that's probably, I would give you my, that would be my biggest overall lesson from this whole thing.
1: That's so good. That's so good. You know, I was thinking just recently. Cindy and I were talking about things that we were actually grateful for about the pandemic. You know, and, and I know that people don't usually talk in those terms because you know the world is full of negativity, and and certainly it's there's been a lot of hardship with it. But we are grateful for uh, the opportunities that it's given us. Uh, the opportunities. Uh, Cindy said, "Lead from the top." I, I would say, "Lead from the top and the front," right? You know, what I mean, like you know, we just dove back into our business in a way that made our business better, made our culture better, made us realize what kind of franchise we wanted to present to the world. Uh, caused us to spend. We got COVID during this thing, and I don't know whether this was a side effect, but we had such we were laughing way too much. But we had COVID. I don't know what was going on. It was just something crazy. Yeah, but, I, haven't, I haven't heard of that being a side effect. <laughs> I don't know. Well, you know, I, I guess you know we're, we're just funny people. We jump off cliffs and we, we're laughing together while we both were suffering with COVID. But uh, not that COVID is a funny thing for our listeners. You know, many people have been terribly impacted. But we would be sitting there, very tired and a little bit of delirium, and somehow laughing through it. You know, because we were together, because we were yeah. connected, and that's well, important. And, and right you know now. what else? Look, maybe the big lesson there, and this is one I
2: talked about too. And and here's a cool line. You ready? This pandemic. You only get the, this is the opposite of school. You get the lesson after the exam. You know what I mean? Yeah. So usually, usually in school, you get the lesson, then they test you on it. This one was, man, you're getting tested and we're not prepared for this. And then you're going to, you'll learn all the lessons after. And here was the lesson. You ready? And I think everybody needs to hear it. And and I think we say it a lot, but it's hard to believe at the time. And it's, everything's going to be all right. Right. And you, and you will be. And you're going to be stronger after it, because you're going to be thankful for what it forced you to become. Right. And, uh, Mm -hmm. and I am, and I, and as crazy as that sounds, yeah, it shows you what you're made of. It shows you what your business is made of. It shows you about your relationships with your family. And, and I'll tell you, I have had a lot of conversations with neighbors or other people. People really got to reflect like introspect about, am I, do I want to be in this career? Is this the job I want? And I know people that have changed careers, done different things where this was an incredible reset for some people Mm -hmm. too, that finally made the move on certain things they should have done anyway, but never would have done it if they were just grinding day to day, you know, (laughs) until they're 80 years old, you know? And uh, so, yeah, like what I, are there a lot of things I wish never happened? Yes. So don't get me wrong. Actually, most of it. But but the challenges that we faced and, and then the strength you develop because we overcame them, that's that's pretty cool when you come out on the other side.
1: Yeah, the reflection, the introspection. And the other thing that, uh, you know, I've heard this quote before when a guy was asked what helped him overcome the obstacles of life, he said the other obstacles, right? Yeah. And so I, I think that many people in their life are missing perspective, right? Some people don't wanna leave a job because there's a certain benefit or whatever. But I mean, you know, for me, uh, Journey Fitness was started by a guy that had a decade of incarceration to overcome, right? So like, you know, as I faced losing many things, I said, well, one day I just woke up and I said, well, I'm not not going back to an eight by eight, you know, whatever happens here, right? And I feel like you are a very strong uh, leader. Uh, You're able to take certain stances on your culture. And my question to you, Martin, is how do you feel, what resources have you pulled on in your life to be the leader, to be the man that you are today? Because many people may not even recognize that they have a similar uh, resource to pull on, really, you know, something to really just go back on.
2: Well, it's an interesting question. And, and you know, and one I haven't been asked before, but I would say first resources is your you know, you always hear your network is related to your net worth and, and I really believe that, but also your network, you know, you've also heard that classic, like you're the average of the five people you spend the most time around. So if you hang around leaders, you're going to learn leadership skills. And I would say that might be the first one is my dad ran his own business. My mom ran her own business. Hey, originally being around, you know, first as a therapist and understanding that business, but then Bill Parisi and what kind of leader he was and how he built businesses. But then even all these athletes that I consider some of my best friends that are Olympic medalists and, you know, and world champs and what they do. I surrounded myself with people that, were either franchises themselves or own them and really got firsthand experience of how you had to act. And I could rely on them when I had questions when I was young about leadership. So I would say the first part definitely was, hey, you gotta surround yourself with great people. And if you can't surround yourself with them, then my next part would be, hey, my library, I have like, I would challenge anybody to see if you've read more books than me, right? Cause see, I talked about writing 12, but I've read thousands before I wrote any, you know, and so I'm constantly studying and learning. And if there's a topic you want to learn about, there's a book on it. So for instance, Hey, if you liked what we said about culture, get this book. If you liked what we said about coaching, get this book. Is it the be all end all? No, but it's a start. And then you get another one and another one. And if you've read a couple dozen books on a subject, you're a, you're a world leader in that subject as most people won't. And then, I would say the next one you're ready would be, and this is the interesting one. So now you got your resources, your people, your books, then it's, and this is an interesting way to look at it. You know where I learned the most? All my mistakes, all the like, oh man, I really blew that one. Like, man, that was a bad call or a bad leadership move. And then what I learned was just not to make the same mistake again. So watch on my desk here, I keep this as a big reminder This is my black belt in judo. I think you referenced that. So (laughs) I don't have my degrees up on the wall, but I keep my black belt. And why? Because a black belt is not a person that makes no mistakes. It's the person that tries to make all of them and learn how to not make them anymore. Right? And then you get Uh your belt. And uh, hey, in leadership or culture or coaching, I only know the stuff... I can write about because I made so many mistakes, learn the lesson and don't make them anymore. And then I try to write about it to help somebody else not make that mistake. That's what a coach really is, right? Like a coach is somebody further down the road a little bit that has the answers you're looking for and can show you how to do it. And, And that's what I've tried to do. So pushing my limits and knowing I'm going to make mistakes and that that's okay, but then making that mistake once or twice, not a hundred times in a row. That's because that's how you go out of business. And I would say those might be three great, uh, answers to where that all came from.
1: Those are really good. Really good. I say that all the time to our daughter, right? You know, you're the average of the five. Oh, you sound like my dad, you know, right? (laughs) I love when she says that because (laughs) something's stuck. Right. Uh, Martin, that's so good. And I don't want our audience to miss out on anything that they could possibly get from you. Are there any other lessons that you'd share from this, uh, this past year that, you know, you think would be uh, good for our audience?
2: Let's see. Well, Hey, here's another one.
1: And
2: this is a biggie. We talked about, you know, say culture, cause we're on that topic. Right. And say culture is the center of, you know, or people and relationships are the center of the culture. Well you know who the most important person is if we're really talking about it today as we've hinted it's the leader. And if the leader doesn't take care of him or herself and I'm talking from a exercise standpoint, nutritional standpoint, a psychological standpoint, see I also hey I did focus on myself during this time too because it's very easy to say oh man my company's in trouble and you bury yourself in all this stress and then you're now you got high blood pressure. You're not working out. You're eating lousy. And you know what? Now you're not, now you're not a leader at all to anybody. And I deep dove Now I was very lucky because as I mentioned about my daughter, she's real high level on track. So, so she became my training partner, you know, and every day I had somebody to work out with and really inspire me to make sure I was in my best shape. And, you know, and, and again, you know, like I, I just so believe if you are physically fit and strong, that allows you to be mentally fit and strong. And then that's going to help you be a better leader. But man, if you want to be a leader in particular in the fitness industry and you're way overweight and you're a wreck and you're out of shape and you know, you're eating bad and you don't feel good about yourself, man, I don't know how you're going to lead. Right. And, and what does that say for your culture? You know, and I, and then somebody might not like to hear that, but Hey, a coach has to love tough sometimes too. And, I'm saying, hey, if you're in the fitness industry, I don't, I'm not saying you got to have a world record deadlift, but I am saying you should eat right, get enough sleep and take care of yourself. And because when you do that, you can show somebody else how to do it. So that was another big lesson because I understand, I understand if everybody says right now, oh, but I just got scared. So I sat on the couch and I watched tons of Netflix and I let myself go and I ate really bad and now I can't get it back. I get it. But what I'm gonna say is, but I but I don't tolerate it. Like, hey, then get off the couch and get it going again because now the world's coming back and nobody gets paid to watch Netflix. So it's time to, <laughs> you know, it's time to go back to the world. And it's funny because right now in our country, right, all I'm hearing about is businesses can't find workers for jobs right now. And I think people are just they got used to not working. But yeah, the whole absolutely. Thing is, yeah, yeah. It's-
1: <laughs> We're everywhere
2: all, you
0: go it's yeah. help on it help on yeah. it. and yeah, um crazy. and we as mi- business owners have been struggling with the same thing you right. know like trying and, and now that everything's you know opening back up and people are starting to get vaccinated and feel safe you know numbers are growing so we're like okay we need some workers and mm-hmm. It's a struggle. Yeah. It's a struggle. All the
1: business owners that we have as friends, they all say, you know, unemployment's never been so high, but I can't find any help. I'm not sure what's going on. And and we fall into these patterns. We fall into just, I'm so glad that you shared that. I'm so glad I asked that question because you have to lead yourself before you can lead anyone else. And, And I'll be vulnerable to say that I had my first, whatever that was, stress attack during the pandemic like all of a sudden I was like, boy, I was like, my heart was beating and I I didn't feel in control of my body. I was going to go take a shower, but then I thought I might pass out. And Cindy's like, I should call somebody. And I didn't know what was happening to me, but I will tell you that I got up every day early in the morning till late at night, trying to figure out how to manage all locations under one virtual roof. And it was killing me because one thing I did not prioritize during that time was my own health. I did not say, you know, that uh, I'm just going to, you know get a workout in before i start my day in the morning i was just like all right let my feet hit the floor and let's go you know go to the computer do whatever uh so thank you for sharing that with our audience wow.
2: and i and i and hey i appreciate what you just shared and and i want you to know i think i felt like i, I felt like that for six months straight you know oh even gosh. with the working out so you know i think one of the hardest things and this is for everybody this might be another one just throwing it out there man you know what else I did that I got really good about and way more disciplined is I learned how to quote unquote, I guess, shut it off. And I mean the phone, like, man, my phone is with me at all times. It's almost like you book and I get it. Like, cause I talk about it a lot, like, Hey, stay away from your phone or everybody's addicted to their phone. But during this pandemic, it was just, somebody could get in touch with me at any time, all the time. And it was just, it was wearing me down. And it was the kind of thing that what I learned to, was to become very disciplined with when I turned it on when I turned it off and when I was not gonna have it with me. And that was another important part for the workouts. You know, it like, cause, cause if you have your phone with you when you're working out, that'll ruin your workout too. And your brain never shuts off. So my thing was at 10 p.m, phone's going off. And my wife would say, oh, but what if something happens to somebody, how are they gonna get in touch with you? And I'm like, ah, you know, I, I got, you know, I can't, I can't ruin my own health over it, you know? And, yeah. and, uh, and then it would be get up spend a little time with myself, read a little, then I turn it on and you know what? And, and the emails waited and the, and everything else waited and I did better. So whether you want to call it meditation, mindfulness, you know, uh, you know, I don't know, reading time, whatever, whatever you want to call it, God, everybody needs it. Cause I think we are, we are just stressed out of our minds, even if we don't have a lot going on more than ever. And, uh, and the internet and the phones and everything else
1: have a lot to do with that. Wow. I hope everybody takes that in. I know I have personally felt like a power when I've actually decided to turn off my phone. I don't know how many listeners right now have actually ever just purposely turned off their phone. Like maybe it totally shuts off if it dies on you, and then you're looking for you know, <laughs> like that is. I mean, you have a strong mindset, Martin. And it's interesting to hear that you protect that mindset. Or that you protect that, that little bit of peace that you can find within by just actually exercising the power that we all have to turn off your phone and then turn it back on at a certain time. And we all have irrational fears, but I'm willing to bet that you never turned it back on to find out that you really just should have had it on all night, you know, right? So uh, that's awesome. Well, Martin, you know, I'm super excited to be able to read this book. I know that I will read all 300 pages probably within a couple of days, no doubt uh, cause I'm sure I won't be able to put it down. Uh, I'll probably just fall asleep and then wake up and start reading it again. <laughs> so, uh, let's talk about how we can all get that book. I mean, yeah. that's, that's super important. Well, like any books it's, it's available
2: wherever books are sold, at least virtually right now, meaning, cause I don't know if bookstores are open or not, but you know, so Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and you know, uh, books a million what, and, but here's, what's neat is, uh, I've got a special that I'm going to do. So for anybody listening, the book comes out exactly uh, or, or less than a month from today. So depending on when you're listening to this, the book comes out the first week of July that people will have it in their hands. But uh, what I'm doing right now is I have now, and now I have been told by the publishing house that the more you can pre-sell that gets Amazon and other places, the knowledge that, Hey, this book is actually popular. So we're going to, order more and market it better. So my whole goal for the next 30 days is I want to get as many of these copies pre-sold before it officially comes out, you know, globally. So what I'm doing is it's, it's called buy one, give two, right? So if you buy three books, if you order three copies of high 10, I'm going to send you two culture PDFs that give you that roadmap that I was talking about. Two deleted chapters from the book, one from the beginning and one from the end that you have to have that puts it all together. And then an 80 minute presentation that I did on culture that cost over $500 to attend that event, professionally shot and amazing that people that have already taken advantage of this because I announced it last week are saying it's incredible. And it really outlines what a lot of the ideas that are about culture in the book. So you get all of that if you just order the three books and how you get it is you order the three books, wherever you want to order it, send me the receipt to martin at coaching greatness.com. And then I'll send you all that stuff personally. And that's what I've been doing for the last week since I made the announcement. So, and then what it is, is you get one great book for yourself two to give to somebody that you think would appreciate it. And there shouldn't be anybody that shouldn't read this book. And then you get, the 500 plus dollars worth of stuff for helping me out by doing the pre-order early. So, and your best bet is Amazon or whatever else. And, and so that's what, how I'm doing it or what I'm doing right now.
1: Wow. Well, I can't <laughs> wait to do it. I'll we're going to get our three yeah, books well, right
2: after this. <laughs> we
1: get more than that because we're always giving all the books to all of our we team do. and we everything, you, you know, team. so, um, So say that one more time, as far as where they send the receipt uh, for no other reason, just for me, so I know where to send it. (laughs) For sure. And
2: and, Hey, well, first I'll say, Hey, so anybody listening, if you just go to my social media, so on Instagram, I am the Martin Rooney and the link is in the bio, but also you'll see it in all the posts that probably are the most recent posts. Same thing if you go follow me on Facebook, but if you go to Amazon and you buy three copies, And then you email that receipt that I know you bought the three copies to Martin, my first name, M-A-R-T-I-N, at coachinggreatness.com. Then I'll send all that stuff out to you.
1: And that's awesome. That's awesome. Wow. (laughs) And those are the links too, for people to follow you, right? The Martin Rooney. uh, That's the best way to keep on following Martin. Yeah. Always putting stuff out
2: there. Yeah.
1: So good. So good. Any final words of wisdom for uh, our audience? Anything else to share? Yeah. So here'll be the last one. Cause you had said something
2: that resonated with me when you just had talked about, uh, almost what you described it was some people call it a panic attack or an anxiety mm-hmm. attack. And what I want everybody to understand, and this is pretty powerful and this helped me out a lot. And again, I get it. These are, it's like Zen, right? Like it's easy to talk about it, hard to do it, mm-hmm. but, uh, Um, Anxiety or worry, how I understand it, is getting yourself upset right now about something that may probably never happen in the future that you can't do anything about it right now. So it's actually kind of crazy to get yourself so upset. And soon as I understood that and I started to realize, yeah, like 99% of all the stuff I ever got myself upset about or worried about never really happened then I'm not going to allow myself to worry about it right now. Let me worry about something if it happens then, but don't ruin my time now because I'm living in the future of something that's probably a fantasy anyway. And I don't know. I don't know if that helps anybody or not, but man, that was like a big battle of mine. And whether you want to call it staying present, whatever else, one of my biggest battles was to be in the moment when we were going through this last hell of a, you know, last year and a half, because all I was doing was projecting myself forward and getting myself worried about stuff that wasn't true, instead of it and letting it ruin my current moment right then. And the better I got at that, the more relaxed I stayed the last less anxious I got. But also, now as I'm here, looking back, I'm sure glad I didn't just spend the last year and a half, just worrying myself all the time, because most of that didn't happen anyway. So that, that might is be the big finale awesome. for everybody
1: too. Oh, so good. I feel so connected because this morning I led a session and I said, maybe you guys want to join me. I, I'm, I'm of the opinion. Now that time is an illusion. Uh, I've spent so much of my life worried about yesterday or worried about tomorrow, but all that we really ever have is now when you get to tomorrow, it's now, or when you're trying to live in yesterday, you're missing out on now. And, and now is a gift, as you know, it may sound cliche, but it's why it's called the present. And I uh I feel like I miss out on that way too much. So I hope that this is hitting home with some other folks too to just uh tune in, guys, and enjoy the now, you know, be present. 90% of the stuff we worry about doesn't happen anyway, right? You know, so so good. Martin Rooney, the legend. Wow, thank you so much.
2: Yeah. Hey, my my pleasure. And hey, if anybody enjoyed this, I always say this at the end of podcast: if you really like this let Travis and Cindy know about it. And maybe they'll bring me back and we'll do something else, but they're only going to know about it if you let them know, and then they'll know who they're helping and everything else too. So, and again, I I'm, don't want to make light of anything we've been through. I'm wishing everybody the best. And, uh, and I, and I hope we return to some normalcy and get just back and going really soon.
1: That's awesome. Thank you, Martin. Thank you for being on the show. You're awesome. My pleasure. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Overcomers podcast sponsored by Journey 333. When I am not hosting the Overcomers podcast, I'm working at one of our fitness franchises so that I can continue to help people overcome adversity on a daily basis. That's right. People come to the Journey 333 fitness franchises because they want a coach in their life. They want somebody to help them overcome the adversities of life, motivate them to higher levels of greatness, bring out their potential, help them lose weight, get off medications, fight depression, fight anxiety. That's what we do on a regular basis. If you feel like you want your life to be about helping more people to overcome their adversities, if you feel like you're an overcomer and you want to create more overcomers, then maybe owning a Journey 333 franchise would be for you. To find out more, go to www.journeyfitness333.com.